Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Welcome to the Bobby Eaton Show. This is where we tell our stories our way. And that's all we do over here. We do it our way. Located in the heart of uh, Black Wall Street, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 1533 North Norfolk here in the community. Community, 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 and more community. And that's what we're all about over here, you know, empowering those. Uh, we're discussing economic development, jobs, incarceration we're talking about single parent mothers with children trying to help them trying to give our community the education and knowledge that they need so all you need to do is uh dial this number right here 918-856-3873 again that number is 918-856-3873 or you can dial the number 646-716-5525. And don't forget, when you dial that number, don't don't forget to press the one. This is the Bobby Eaton Show, open mic. It's open mic, so you can talk about whatever you want to, any kind of topic, whatever's on your mind. You can just do it. I'm going to give these numbers again. So for those of you listening out on KBOB 89.9 FM, if you're in your cars or something like that and you got some something you want to talk about, just dial this number, 
918-856-3873. Again, one more time, 918-856-3873. You know, dial that number and I'll hear you and you can talk about whatever you want to because this is an open platform for you, put together uh, for you. So that's what we do here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. You know, Tulsa's been getting a whole lot of eyes put on it. You know, everybody's watching Tulsa, looking at Tulsa as we approach next year, our centennial for the 1921 massacre. So a lot of people have been coming down on Greenwood here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, kind of checking it out and preparing for next year. So I want to tell Tulsans, that if you plan on being a part of that centennial, start preparing now. If you're going to sell any goods, it's, it'll be a good market for African-American local businesses to prepare and be able to get some of that uh, funding that's necessary for your business and your families. You know, because what we know is going to happen is a lot of the mainstream media and a lot of the mainstream businesses down in the Blue Dome District and parts like that, they're going to get a whole lot of that funding, the hotels and things like that. So we want to get some of that, too, because we're the ones who are acknowledging uh, uh, that date and that time when uh, Greenwood, Tulsa, was burned down to the ground. You know, Let us not never forget what took place down there. Some of those uh, people, the white people, They even dropped bombs on Greenwood. They blew it up. So it was the first catastrophe here in the United States of America, you know, before Hiroshima, before a whole lot of other things that took place, 9-11 or any of that. They bombed Greenwood, Black Wall Street, a place where African-American black people were getting together and they had it going on. Fine hotels, restaurants, entertainment places. They had cab services and taxi cab. Even a few African Americans had airplanes, you know, right down there. So, I mean, I was looking at some photos and stuff. Some of them had fine china, you know, chandeliers hanging in their house and pianos, and some had plumbing. So it was so much economic wealth and growth because, and the reason why is because. Blacks were forced to spend that black dollar in that community. And what they ended up doing, it traveled 30, 40 times through different African-Americans' hands and come back to you. That was a time like if you were building a house that you had brothers and sisters that would come together to help you build your house. You know, uh, everything was um, word of mouth, basically. And everybody was into really helping each other, H-E-L-P, helping each other, you know, and the way they dress, oh, my God, they were really dicked out. You know, men had on suits and ties and women had on their fine dresses and hair was done. It was all a lot of respect, opening doors for uh, the women. That's what the men would do. And it was just a lot of just basic respect for the community and people in the community. And we need to get back to that. I mean, really, we do. We we really need to get back to that black Wall Street way of economic development. 
You know, it's so often that we'll leave our homes and our property and stuff where we were born and raised and we'll go somewhere else and forget all about it, you know, rather than trying to rub two nickels together so we can have that economic prosperity that once took place in our communities. But you can go down on Black Wall Street. Right now there are a few businesses down there. Uh, You have, let's see, Wanda J's Next Generation, uh, Miss Latoya Rose has a tax service. Uh, you have Tori. She has a beauty salon down there uh, across the street. You got um, uh, Cleo Harris has Black Wall Street uh, Tees. And also, I want to mention the all-new Black Wall Street Liquid Lounge. Now, you guys got to go to the Liquid Lounge. Hey, Liquid Lounge, they got it going on down there, you know. Uh, a couple of brothers down there open up that place, and it is a nice place to go hang out and a lot, nice place to just go and meet and greet people, you know. And we got to still practice our social distancing, you know, and things like that. But, hey, go to the Black Wall Street Liquid Lounge right down there. Black Wall Street Gallery is down there, too. And uh, that's uh, Rico Wright. I know he's going through a lot of things right now, so... You know, I just hope all that mess just passes over. You know, that's what we want. But, hey, you're on the Bobby Eaton Show. I'm going to be playing some music. I want you to dial in now. I want you to dial that number. I'm giving it up. 918-856-3873. Again, that number is 918-856-3873. And if you can't get through that number, I'm going to give you this other number. It is a number 646-716-5525. And don't forget to press the 1 to talk on the air. And that's what we want you to do. All right. I'm going to go to a little break right quick and uh, play some music. And uh, we want you to tune in, call a family member, call a friend. It is open mic here on the Bobby Eaton Show. You can talk about anything you want to. All right. i 
Oh, yeah, you're on the Bob Deaton Show where we tell our stories our way, and that's the way we do it, you know. And uh, welcome to the show. Hey, Sherry Lasky's in the house. Hey, Sherry, how we doing? Doing fine, doing fine. Let me turn you up a little bit. Doing fine, huh? Yes, doing fine. How, how was your day? Well, it was pretty long and interesting. Long and interesting, yeah, huh? Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, okay, really, okay, okay. Really. It's kind of hot out there, huh? Very, very hot. Hot and humid. Very hot and humid, and yeah, go home, lay down, go to sleep. Type of way. <laughs> Who you telling? As soon as the show is over, I'm gonna go hey. plummet on down. It's been busy up in here. People been up in here today, and uh, what's been going on? Nothing, just nothing. You hear that? Okay. Get yeah. that microphone right quick. There you go. Okay. I got. I think it got a short in it or something. Oh. Anyway. We tell our stories our way, so that's what we yeah. do. Well, we just been busy uh, planning and uh, growing. You know, we have a lot of people starting to inquire about the radio station and okay, everything. So marketing, marketing, advertising, oh, all all okay. of the above. Good. You know, so good. we're doing a lot of that, and then got a lot of people coming in wanting to know how what they can do to contribute. Mm-hmm. So and that's even, yeah, yeah, and that's, that's a good thing. Good. I mean, we have a whole lot of. Uh, applications for funding you know we've got paypal cash app all oh, of that gofundme okay. you name them and uh you can always come by here we got a bucket in here people I donate the bucket. get a bucket <laughs> we call it the love jug brother chief came up with that idea okay yeah that's how i ended up with it you know he he came up with the love jug so okay, cool. but it's, it works you know yeah, and every business needs help a little help yeah, yeah. you know we're a radio station community oriented and uh, we just believe in, you know, the people. Right. It's all about the community and the people. So anything you can do to help, we appreciate it. 1533 North Norfolk here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And uh, just stop by. Stop by anytime. You know, doors are open. Okay. This is open mic. Yes, it is. Open o- mic. O- we, o- open mm-hmm. mic. So, you it's know. been a minute. Because we missed the Mondays. And yeah, we did. So you know, a couple much of stuff has happened. Ooh, rebroadcasts and things going on, and wow. can't get in here to do what we need to do sometimes. Right. But you know, we're in here tonight, though. Yes. Tonight. You know, so yeah. um, we've been talking about. Uh, well, we haven't been talking about too much of anything, but a lot of stuff <laughs> been going on. You're right. You know, Absolutely. a lot of stuff. I, I saw on the news today on uh, CBS this morning with Gail King. I saw where the mothers of. Um, George Floyd, and um, um, they came together. Okay. Uh, I'm forgetting his name, and I shouldn't. I should know his name. Who got shot in the back? Uh, that brother. Their mothers came together. You know, they came together, met for the first time. Oh wow! Sharing something in common. Oh, unfortunately, um, I mean, I wouldn't want to share that with anybody. Yeah. Sorry, but yeah, a lot of mothers. It was emotional do. too. You know, yeah. it kind of touched me a little bit to see those mothers and their babies. They were holding right. their children with them, and they met for the first time. Wow. And they filmed it, you know, and you could see the emotion. And, and it's an immediate connect because they know exactly the the emotions yeah. are very similar. What they would disbelief, grief, mm-hmm. um, rage, and all, all of, of that. Yeah. When someone, when someone shares that type of experience with you, mm-hmm. you automatically like okay, I know they get it, you mm-hmm. know. Because like some some person coming out, 
um, you know, the person mm-hmm. next door because they haven't experienced anything like that. They can sympathize mm-hmm. with you, but that's another level. Yeah. Right? And uh, the daughter, the little girl, little bitty girl of George Floyd. Oh, wow. She says, Mommy, Daddy made the world fa- uh, famous and aware. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and it was almost like, wow. Mm-hmm. You know, so. People like that have to live with this the rest of their lives. lives. We all have to do because we witnessed a murder on tape, well, on video. And that's what we witnessed, you know. And uh, we can't let it die and just forget about it because we do that so often in our communities. And we've had so many uh, lives lost in the black African-American community. And uh, nothing has never happened to the officers, maybe one or something out of Thousands, thousands and you it, know, it was been convicted. Like in a, it, the way I mean, we we, it's been happening since Rodney King. When we saw that tape yeah. of Rodney King, that's and, when and, the filming and, started. Yeah, that's when the filming started. They've been doing it way before yeah, then. Before then, and yeah, it's but almost Rodney like, King brought it to attention. Right, right brought it yeah. to attention, but mm-hmm. this with George Floyd, I guess it was a situation like people like, oh, okay, that that. That's just it. Because we saw him die yeah, we, on video. We, we, yeah, we witnessed that. Yeah, we witnessed that. his we witnessed death. That. Yeah. You know, right in and front people, of our And people were like, this is not a rewind and he gets back up and shake it off and go back home. Right. This is no, real. This is real he, life. He, thought, he called out for his mother. Oh, that was... And that's what... It's almost like his mother was coming to get him or something in like spirit. He, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's a... For me, on another level, it's just like when... And I've witnessed people, 93 years old, call out for your mother mm-hmm. as you're transitioning. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like that's... you witnessed that before? Yes. Yeah. It just tripped me out. You know, 93. Mm-hmm. 93 years old. Mm-hmm. And you hear people talk about death and how people transition. It's almost like they see. They, you know, that's in may not physically see but on the spiritual level they yeah, see spiritual side. on the other uh-huh. side and they're calling out to them and they're there to help them you know so I mean a lot of people have witnessed that before when people are transitioning they may call out for a, a loved one someone that they're really close to and a lot of time it's mama I ain't never heard nobody say they call that for their <laughs> daddy, daddy. No, no, you know we, they ain't gonna call out for us exactly. they're, they're gonna call out for mama. mama right so it's just like the person mm-hmm. that physically mm-hmm. gave you life mm-hmm. is a person that you call out for in death. Yeah. yeah. So it, it, you know, you get a chance to do that because yeah. he was, God, that was just like a slow, eight, it, you know, eight minutes and 46 seconds. That's you had to still stay a, there and witness you, 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 it's like watching, with begging, pleading, and then you know, just like dim out. You know, you literally see the life leaving this man. Yeah, because he TV. had his knee on his neck. neck. Yeah. Oh my so, goodness. So yeah, it's 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 really well, choked him out. Right, and and then even after, but you still have police officers doing that to other people. Like it's a regular. Yeah, I'm starting. Like well, you're seeing it every yeah. yeah. Yeah, Every day you're it's, seeing it's, something it's happen. Routine. This is this is a part of our daily routine, like brushing your teeth. Yeah, it is. Or washing your hands after you. I mean, like, whoa. Yeah. Crazy. Systematic control 
by a system that needs to be changed. Policies mm-hmm. need to be changed. Right. And, uh, and so you know, when, we're, when, we're, when we're talking about these these murders by these people that we instill with power, uh, you know, uh, order, they're supposed to keep order, you know, like Ice Cube said, serve, protect, and break a nigga's neck. <laughs> I mean, but that's basically. That's what it is. But that's that was a song, you know, by him mm-hmm. back in the day when he was mm-hmm. rapping. Well, he was talking like, about it then. But it was a real. I mean, it's reality. We, we've been talking about it. Mm-hmm. We've been. Talking but see, until about we it. we must change these policies and procedures and this training process for law right. enforcement because right. they're they they're not culturally trained they're not, no, they're to be in our communities. Community. You know, so and, if I if, yeah. if you have like your police force, okay, we in the same neighborhood, right? Okay, I would much rather respect one of your siblings or brothers or whatever in the neighborhood policing me because he's acquainted with the neighborhood. He knows how we. He knows me mm-hmm. as opposed to someone that lives in let's say Kellyville and yeah. drives over here. And you know, seven to six five days out of the week to work. It That's used to be difference. it used to be that way long time ago. You could back, not. You had black officers who lived in the community right. who could just stop a fight right. or something or a disagreement because people knew who they were. Right. They riding right. down the neighborhood. Hey, you, hey. Just a part of, they were yeah. a part of your community. Exactly. They lived there. They worshiped with you. They went to school with you. You know, just they people the community sees you but now we have people and this is all over everybody fear the police right because they are not necessarily for example i know you ride osage ferry trail Mm -hmm. okay so i remember riding one day and i saw so many police cars were you riding bike bicycles yeah Mm -hmm. saw so many police cars parked out and it was like ferries it's like ferry sky in those suburbs, those new suburbs that they have built out there, I'm like, mm-hmm. you work for okay, but you have people coming from outside of your community that can't stand your ass anyway, mm-hmm. coming in yeah. to mm-hmm. protect, you know, mm-hmm. like, so it's sort of like, why, right. why, right. why, right. why, why? Do allow that? Yeah, they can't so stand have- you, so you, therefore, hey, well, that's systematic control, and that's the way they are raised and born and raised, you know, so but, that's, I mean, uh, and they're taught to hate. So when you taught to hate, hate is not a thing you're just born. I'm going to say hate is not a thing you're born with. It's a thing that you're taught. You, you, you learn that. That's a learned. You can behavior. put a bunch of kids out in the playground, and different shades and colors, and they're going to just play along with each other until one of those parents mm-hmm. tells them, we don't associate and play with those or types. Something negative. Something about negative them. about right. them. And then right. boom, there they go. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it is up to the people in the community to demand more from your quote unquote local government. So like a mayor, okay, you gotta changing, vote. well, not only changing, but demanding, look, um, we, this is the type of policing we need to see in our community. One of them is having like an oversight committee, having one person from the community to say, you know what? He may not necessarily be good for our neighborhood, you know, in that in that hiring process. Just do some implicit bias training, testing before because you can see that they have tests to show already that okay, this man may be a little biased in way, the way he thinks. You know, that way. system is uh, the mayor selects the police chief, and the police chief and the major, the majors, and you know, right? as they're ranked. 
put certain officers in certain locations, you know, and uh, they assign them to certain areas. And uh, most of the time, it's the rookie cops. Where I understand it's the rookie cops who are trying to impress. Been on the been on the force for a year, two years, or something like that, mm-hmm. and they're trying to impress the older officers about bringing in quotas and tickets and different things like that, so they can show that hey, they're uh, hey, look, I'm doing my job, you know, as a police officer. But they don't live in the community, right. so and they don't know the community, right. so therefore they do some things that are out of line. But you know, we all have that. We all have a, a, know at least one or two police officers on the force, okay, that we can talk to and ask questions. So I of. talk to them all the time, and they would tell, like you say, they probably tell you now. You know, this this is what this is a real mm-hmm. thing, talk okay? to them all the time, and it's almost like they have to be in a position of like where they feel comfortable. Like you know what, that was so out of line. We need, and as a as a group, regardless if you see any. Whenever you see anything out of the ordinary, something just a little bit too much, you should you should feel comfortable enough to say, you know what, that wasn't right. You know, you know that wasn't right. We did a regular search. You didn't have to tear the whole house up just to go in. Right, that's a, true. A, a, a but you know, a lot of them are fearful of their jobs, and they won't charge up another officer that's for doing true, bad true. stuff. That's oh, true. I'm gonna keep my job. I'm not but gonna say nothing. But that's I'm all not gonna over, say nothing. Oh, so, yeah, it's over the, over, all over the United States. It's just like I mean, I have a friend. I have a friend that works at the DOJ, and she's like, girl. They people afraid of they they're afraid to lose their job. They that's are why afraid a to lot lose. of people are not speaking up when they see what's going that, on. That's why when I ask a lot of police officers to come in here, they may get on the radio. They, they, oh man, no, I can't go. Right. They're afraid to lose their jobs. Afraid there's going to be some, some kind of, of pushback or right. something on what right. they're they're going to say, and they watch what they say. Okay. Right now, we got one or two of them that will come in here uh-huh. and uh, we know that uh, Marcus Harper ain't scared. Right. He going to come in and say whatever he say and talk right. about what he's talking about. We got some of the rest. Some of them are just, I'm talking about African-American police I, officers. I mean, but, but you know, that comes with a lot of, a lot of that comes from where we are here in Tulsa. But people are, people live in fear for simple. You're afraid, you, you're afraid to speak up because you might lose your job. Somebody might not like you because you say something. Yeah. They may not necessarily, but you have people like that here. More, mm-hmm. I've never, I've never felt that in other places when I see folks. So like people you, here, they're afraid to, I'm you know, like, because you know, they're afraid of the status, losing the status of having a job or, or you Making know. Making someone appearing. Because they're, they feel like they're not going to be able to pay their house note or their car note and all of that. If they True. speak up and it's going right. to be just such a tragedy that, you know. It's not going to even be worth even saying so, anything about it. And so, and as a result of that cowardice. And that's what it is. As a result of that, that is why we are in the situation we're in. in well, and, as a, as and, a Tulsa, whole. and the thing about it is, is that we don't educate ourselves about who we are, where we come from. Why is it like this, the way we're living right now? Why are these conditions like this, we don't educate ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, half of us don't even we we don't even know where we come from. We don't mm-hmm. have no ba- you know background, no research, and we don't tell our chi- our children. children right. See, you got to pass that down to your children. children right. You got to because out of sight, out of mind. Mm-hmm. You know, it will be lost. You know, it will and be see, lost. Your, your children will grow up thinking that 
you got this good job and all this money and living good and it's something because of what you did. Mm-hmm. And it's not what you did because you're standing on the shoulders of oh, other God. people who came before made you, who yes. made it possible for, for you to obtain and right. have what you have. Right. And those and are see, the people that spoke out, like the yeah. Homer Johnsons of the world. Oh, my God goodness. Yeah. Soul, those yeah. kind of people. Yeah. They was all those men, like the Homer Johnsons and the uh, Don Rosses and Bobby Eaton Sr. Right. And right. Ray Freeman and all of these guys. Them were some iconic soldiers. Right. right. They spoke out against racism. Uh, they spoke out for equal rights. Right. And we need that back. You know, we need some soldiers right. in the army fighting. You know, what I noticed is that during all those protests when George Floyd got killed and all those protests around the world, mm-hmm. it was primarily young white people in the forefront mm-hmm. walking around with Black Lives Matter signs mm-hmm. and no justice, no peace signs. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's going to take because, see, I see a wave that's taking place. These younger people are not standing for the racist uh, uh, theories that their grandfathers and grandmas and Silver right. Fox had uh, 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 prejudiced white people, you know, racist white mm-hmm. people. They're not going for it because some of their friends are right, black, black and African-American. Mm-hmm. They've accepted a lot of the culture, right. you know, the rappers right. and all of that. You know, they dress in like, mm-hmm. you know, and they, they they embrace a lot of that. So they're not going with it. I'm pretty sure there's some families, some white families that have some arguments and stuff going on in the home between old and young. Right. You know, right. because they're not going, they're not standing for it. Right. They they see the privilege that their families have had right. over the years. And it's sort of like, you know, 4th of July and all that goes along with that and mm-hmm. being, oh, well, happy Independence Day. Mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah, uh, 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 okay, right, right. I'm you right. know, and, you know, that, you know, that flag, that red, white, and blue really don't stand for you. You know, it, it, wasn't. Stand, it wasn't because when, you know, back in those times, the Constitution and everything was written without you in mind. You were not you know, even a whole human being. Wasn't even a whole human being. And, uh, you know, when they say justice for all, no. that's not true. And it's, and it's appar- apparently so. It's not true. You, I mean, you don't have to. <laughs> you don't have to get lost in the <laughs> in between the lines. It's like, well, well you're as right. long as you have that many people. Whenever somebody can, I'm laughing because it's like, y'all, come on, stop being stupid. Yeah, really, stop have, being stupid. As long as you can do what you've done. Even even after George Floyd, there were other murders. About the, oh, the boy goodness. that was injected with the propofol, like 500 milligrams, and he only weighed 120 some odd pounds. It was just insane. Just crazy Absolutely like that. insane. Same. Yeah, we have oh. those issues that take place in our communities with our people. So that's why we have to wake up, get educated, teach these babies. Please, you guys, if you're listening today, teach these babies something worth teaching them, you know, so they'll know who they are. Right. Because, right. and if you don't know who you are, just seek, you know, right. step up right. to the plate. Because right. there's a lot of parents and, and they don't know. Don't know. Don't they don't know, know nothing. They ha- only, and a lot of it is like, you know, well, let's just forget all about that, and it was. We don't bad, talk about so, that. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to. We we always gotta forgive. We somebody can beat the crap out you in the middle, and, and us. 
but mm-hmm. it's like forgive, forgive, Black people. forgive, yeah, mm-hmm. forgive, forgiveness. And okay, that's okay to forgive. All right, it's okay to forgive. It's always okay to forgive. But I'm to forget and act as if it never happened. Yeah, no, you can't forget. You can't, no, you know. No. And see, we're not going to be the only race always forgetting because everybody forgiving. Re- uh, yeah, yeah, right. And forgiving, and, and you know, because other races remember everything. Let me say They're going to talk about the Holocaust. They're going to talk about everything. And Frank, every year. Everything. Every year. Every the year. They're going to remember it. And it's part, yeah, right. Part of the first, curriculum. And you, you, read, said it. you read about Anne Frank and the, and the Holocaust and mm-hmm. all of that that happened with her in that book. Yeah. And it just occurred to me that, I mean, they start teaching kids about the Holocaust middle school. Exactly. And it, it's built upon every year, every year, every year. Every TPS high school student. Ask them about Anne Frank. They can tell you about the Anne Frank story. Period. Mm-hmm. That's a part of the curriculum. But, but Black Wall Street isn't taught. No, not at all. And it's part of American. That's why I got some issues with Black History Month because I believe it's more than a month. Oh God! I believe yeah. it's history. Years. It's hmm. history. Right period. Now. You know. Because if you didn't have those slaves to build that equity and wealth that those few people had, guess what? You would not have your yeah. J.P. Morgan Bank. That's right. You would not have because they built those, those banks. They built those slaves. They built Wall Street. They, they traded. Sl- they, I mean, they built the White House. Right. Exactly. You know, exactly. Black African American people built the White House and exactly. Constitution Hall and exactly. all of that, all, all of that Abraham Lincoln right. stuff and all that stuff up in there. Black people built that. Right. You know, right. so and this so country is built. It's on the, the back of free labor of the free labor and reparations have never been taken care of. Um, you know, everybody else gets their pieces of the pie. But no. You know, the Native Americans get their pieces with their casinos and their land and stuff like that. And, and the Asians have their own communities and stuff like that where mm-hmm. they do things. And everybody except for African-American black people, mm-hmm. we don't have because we're consumers. Well, not oh, only, I, mean, oh, I understand that. We, can, we, we can't keep yeah, having yeah. our monies go out. Go I out. I was just talking to someone about that today. And like just our community here in Tulsa. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm staying deep north. When I say deep well, yeah, north. Yeah, I know like you do. Deep north. Well, we northsiders. And so, so mm-hmm. when I'm looking at people living deep north and I'm working with this group and they deal with our folks all the time. And they talk about the quality of housing that people live in in deep north. And I see cars and vans and trucks that are not from the neighborhood may have a union prominently displayed on their vehicle to come pick up a check or some checks and leave your neighborhood. So mm-hmm. money, and, and to well, say that there's no money there, it's plenty of money. You there. know, North Tulsa has a lot of money. North Tulsa, we even have millionaires. People don't know this, but we do have I'm some sure do. black millionaires here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yeah. We yeah. we we do we have them, yes. but getting them together to invest in an economy that's underserved is hard to do, and and probably because they bought into all what what all of what they've heard from other people that don't invest. Oh, they steal. They mm-hmm. do this. And, they and, do and, that. and that's a myth. You know, that's a psychological. You can't open nothing up in North Tulsa because yes, that's can. what you see. Yes, yes, yes you, you can. can. 
It, it, guess you what? can. I, I see them yeah. do it all the time. Right. I see the money leaving. So leaving. somebody is definitely getting it. And the thing about it is, when you spend your money in other communities, you they get the tax it. dollars. They sure do. And we don't it. understand that. We are drive and get on that freeway and go out there to Walmart and every place of waffles and right and spend spend our money. <laughs> they get the tax dollars. Right. Right. You know, they right. get the tax dollars. So. But they know this. Yeah. And, and 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 you see it, you see it, and I think guess what? They're coming back. Mm-hmm. They're coming back because as long as we we we've driven the property value down yeah. so so low that they can afford to buy. You got it. the money, you can. You can, you know what? And a lot of whites are starting to come back to North Tulsa. Mm-hmm. I see an abundance mm-hmm. of whites coming back here, mm-hmm. and they're moving in places, and they're living in uh, some of the projects and things like that because mm-hmm. it's cheaper for, for them to come this way than in, to go any, that way. Any other direction. Direction. Any other direction. You know, direction. this North Tulsa is like a diamond in the rough, just waiting. It's always it's been waiting. that way. It's, it's like a train, diamond in the rough. When you remove so many resources in this space, of course, you're going to drive everything down. Yeah. And you can't look me in the face, well, well, what exactly are we going? I've sat on boards and commissions and said, when they say crazy, well, what, do you, well, what do you suggest we do? What do you suggest we do? You know darn well what you've done, okay? And yeah, you already know. You, it's what, you, what, you, what you are going to do is this. You're going to drive it down, drive the people out, and then come back. That's what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. That's just what you're going to do. And guess what? I won't even be able to go in my own, in my own neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I won't even recognize it. That's why gonna... it's not good to sell your property. No, you guys, not. if you own property. See, what happens a lot is grandma passed her house down to her daughter. Right. Her daughter was in there with her kids and children. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, the roof got a leak in it and a big and old hole in the roof. It. So they pack up and leave. And go get an apartment out south somewhere, mm-hmm. paying eight hundred to a thousand a month. Yeah, and then the house becomes inhabitable where you can't even live in it, and and, and the taxes are not being paid on it, right. and the city gets it. Right. And the city auctions it off for a couple of few thousand dollars. Right. Uh, white people and Hispanics look at it and be like, "Ooh, we," yeah. and they go back and restore it. And because they have they have the money to do it, and they got the money to do it, but you're paying eight hundred to a thousand every month. Right. When you right. could have took eight hundred to a thousand and fixed that patch or in that roof see, to, inside to that house, to, 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 and that should be something in the community where we have where people could go in, go get the help to fix their houses. Exactly. But they have the like working working in the neighborhood program, mm-hmm. but they only have so much money for that. Yeah, I know because then, I, I work for right, them. I work right. for Win Program right. up at the so, city at one time, so and I understand know. there's only certain certain money. But the thing about it is, is we don't have a lot of black contractors who are licensed to do a lot of work. You know, we got some handymen. You know, we got a few of those handymen out there. It's a a gang of them out there that are not not licensed. Though some those there's a gang out there working. Oh yes, a whole lot of brothers out here. Licensed by the city. Yeah, not licensed to work. Yeah, just licensed to do electrical plumbing and stuff like that. You know, you're supposed to have license. Right. You're supposed to, but 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 even if you don't have the license, you can work under someone else's license. Yeah, you can if you're working for them. Right. 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 So there, I deal with a lot of contractors, and I know a lot of independent. Mm-hmm. Contractors who do stuff because I'm in some older property and stuff right. be happening, and so you need people to do stuff. 
if these brothers would sometime go and get their license, you know what I mean? They could probably get more work than mm-hmm. they, they could get more work in the community than what they're getting, you know? So that's because that's why the, but the Hispanics do the same thing. Yeah, you, you have know, one person you know, with a one license. Person you with get a license. four people come knock your roof off. Yeah, right, exactly. Like, and, and, and that's what that's what the lunchtime. deal is. And it's lunchtime. They knock it out they one don't. day. One whole day, you got a one whole new roof day. on your that's house. Way. 8 o'clock to 12 o'clock, I that's saw it. it. It's done. I've oh. seen it happen two or three times over here in my neighborhood. Okay. And I'm saying, wow, they started early this morning, and now they're through. Exactly. You know, so. Exactly. That's what it is, exactly. you know. Uh, well, you know they have the Black Wall Street Chamber of Commerce. They have a group, a contracting contractors group, where they were helping contractors get bids with some of the larger um, contractors. Yeah. And it was quite a few contractors in that room, mm-hmm. black contractors. Yeah. With there are a lot the of independent ones. Yeah. I mean, they're independent. Right. Look here. I mean, I could be one, too, if I wanted to get into that business, mm-hmm. but I'm too old. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> But I, at the same time, it's getting that big money right. and that big dollar. Right. You have to have a license right. and know, to, there, to, to, yeah, to, get, to get the big money. Right. You know, the grants and the things and the insurance policy yeah, the insurance that pay policy. the insurance will pay for it. Right. You know, you have to have and that license. And I like to see more will. brothers get out there and get those licenses. Right. You know, apply for those licensing so they could get that big dollar, you know. Well, so. we still have a lot of work to do. We got a lot of work to do in the community. Yeah, we do. Sometimes you just, like, feel like seeing that old I- Negro spiritual. I'll fly away. <laughs> Wait, That's pretty good you know. right there. You know, a lot of it has to do with uh, being depressed. Mm-hmm. De- depression, you know, is something that you can have and not really be aware that you that you are you depressed. Right. Because if you're doing the same thing all the time and not trying to seek out doing anything better, mm-hmm. you're depressed, oh, you know, and, and you're in a community... <laughs> You're in a community where there's not a lot going on and nothing to to do, and you don't have a project. <laughs> I'm laughing because it's so true. Because it's, yeah, it's just like we we have so much depression in North Tulsa. Yeah, we could actually have like we need a dispensary, someone to give us. You're like, okay, I need it. I need a couple of Xanax or whatever to get me out there. It, yeah, some antidepressants it's, it's because it's horribly, and people deny. Deny, 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 deny their 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 depression, whatever yeah, they, it is they have going on, because we don't want to deal with. Well, we don't we don't recognize that we are depressed, right. In our community, because we're busy. We're so busy up. doing the same thing. That's the insanity part. Mm-hmm. Expecting different that's results, right? You know, right. and when you live in a community and everybody's just in the house, and all you have is a remote control and a TV. And food to eat, and that's all your life is all about. You don't understand that you're really in a kind of a depressive state of mind because you're not seeking out to do anything any different. And you're able to, and I see a lot of times we retire here in our community at an early age, and we're still able to do stuff, Mm -hmm. but we don't get involved with things. We a lot of we don't go to the Y. Uh, We don't take walks. We don't get on bicycles. Not everybody. Now you Not got some. You got something to do. Something right, to do. Right. But we don't do a lot of things that we can do to to build our steam up. Engage. Engage. You know, because we don't have lot. To, we don't have nothing to do over here. 
not at all. And your brother was uh, saying that too. Mm-hmm. Your brother and I were having a conversation. You I know, know you were. It was just like you basically have to train people to get people completely out of that mindset of okay, I don't worked all day. I'm tired. I've been in somebody else's space. I'm in my space. All I want to do is lay down and go to sleep. Yeah. Because it is mentally training to have to do for others so much. You can't even you can't even do the simple things for yourself, like self-care. Mm-hmm. No self-care what, uh, at all because you're busy making sure that you show up to work on time. You do the stuff they tell you to do within that eight-hour time frame. You and know, go home. And go home. And, and, and trust me. They're not. They want to. They want to get the most out of their money. So in a lot of cases, they're putting all of these re- responsibilities on a person for a job for a little bit of nothing. Oh, for sure. And then, and, and you, the the same person, same person across town, but be making almost more half the more than what they're making to mm-hmm. do the same job. That kind of inequity that we have here in our and it becomes and routine after a while. Yeah, it's and routine. you accept it because. Boss man said, hey, this is here's a more I job. Can't no, I can't get another job. This is it. You don't believe you can. You know, so you, you start, stay, you stay, you stay on right where you're at. And I, I mean, I meet people in Tulsa that have been on their job for like 30 years. Oh, yeah, I, for sure. I have to applaud them. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know like, how they did it. Me either. Because, you know, yeah, and see, I'm, I'm a little different. I believe in Black Wall Street way of life sometime. Oh. You know, we need to get to a point to where we can take care of us. Right. You know, right. And, and, and like they did. You right. know, it's not impossible. Right. You know, it's not impossible because we're taught we're taught to go to school. Oh, get a get, job. Get a get a get a get a get a good oh, job. Go get you a good job. Yeah. And you know, that's that's you all go you to need. School, maybe get like well for for women it's always, you know, you go to school you go to school first, make sure you get your degree. Yeah, make sure you get your degree. Get, get your job and then, you know, find your husband, maybe. Mm-hmm. By, by you've done by the time you've done all of that, right. like, where, where the men at? You, yeah, right. You've been working the whole time. Right. So guess what? What's it's up? crazy. Look here, we're gonna go to the phone lines. I'm kind of suspicious of this call, but oh, I'm God. gonna go there myself oh, and oh, see. Oh. It's one of those kind of uh, situations. Let's see what's going on. Okay, so caller one one one, you're on the air. Hello, Bobby. Fanny or show, Mr. Eden, and I just oh. wanted to call and talk about something that concerns me. I'm a little concerned about what's coming this November, and I was wondering if you had any advice about how to deal with anxiety. <laughs> anxiety. Well, coming this November, you know, is going to be the throwdown between Biden and Trump for the presidency. But even more important than the presidency, it's the local level that we must the local level that we must uh, li- listen to. Yes, it's a local level that we must be really concerned about in our communities, because if you're not concerned with the local level, then there's something wrong. Yes, that's a great that's a great point. It's very important to educate people to vote down ballot. I appreciate that. That is, you know, that's it. And if you can get out and vote. You know, and you can get out and, you know, stand for right, then you're good. You know, and let me ask you one more quick. Can I ask you one more quick question, sir? Yes. How do you think is the best way to bring peace back to our communities? Well, I think the best way to bring peace back to our communities, as far as unification is concerned, if you deal with Systematic racism 
in order and you know in order to do that uh when white people decide to charge up bad white people like some of the young people are doing today then that's when we can have a change you know that's when we can really have a change you know because uh systematic racism is bad and until that happens we can't be unified you know until you get the hate out you got to erase the hate I, I second that. I thank you for your show and for your wisdom. Thank you for taking my call. Take care. All right. Well, thank you for calling. Okay. You guys can dial the number 646-716-5525. And don't forget to press the one button. All right. There's another number here, 918-856-3873. You're on the Bobby Eaton Show along with uh, my co-host Sherry Lasky. And we're just chopping it up, talking about some things that concern you. And that's what we uh, are doing right here. But, you know, we were talking about uh, the the community and depression, you know, and that's a big thing within our own community is uh, getting rid of that slave, what I call slave depression. And that's where it comes from. It's that slave mentality, oppression and depression, not feeling that you can elevate yourself and you you can't do any better so you're just stuck in this slave quarters you know (laughs) that's what I call it slave slave quarters you're stuck you know so therefore you just don't do anything you do the same routine over and over I was talking to a guy the other day and I said man you got to get out of that house man you know you and your wife y'all just sit up in the house you go to the grocery store you buy a whole bunch of food and you cook 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 in the mornings when you wake up, you just wake up, make some coffee, watch the prices right, you know what I mean, <laughs> Judge Mathis, prices right, and right, all of those those kind of shows on TV, and repeat yourself every day, you know, and, and it's bad. It is. That's a bad place that's, to be that's in. A, that's, a, that's a rut. You're stuck in a rut You're almost. You're stuck in a rut almost. To... You know, and Tulsa is the kind of place that you have to create something for yourself here. Right. You can't or, or join something that's already existing. Right. You know, in right. order to be active and doing stuff. Right. You know, because I don't know if I didn't have this radio station and all this stuff around me, I don't even know if I'd even still be here at home. You know what I mean? I'm not for sure. But right. I know that there's a purpose and a calling, you know, for you to do certain stuff. But okay. All right. When we when we talk about community and community built environment, your environment, what type of resources do you have in your community that you could take advantage of are comparable to? Well, for so, one. But for one, what do you got? Men, <laughs> I'm going to talk about the brothers, okay? <laughs> the brothers. The older brothers and the elders need to teach the younger brothers and younger men how to have skills of construction plumbing, electrical, mm-hmm. and building. Mm-hmm. Teach them the building skills because they don't know how to build okay. in the community. So if you don't know how to build your community with, with, with you know... You so just, you like repairs or something? Making I'm talking about building or... houses and okay. building, okay. building, period. Okay. Repairs, okay. everything, you know, because it shouldn't be a reason where you have to really... You're a single mom, right? Yeah. And you got... There shouldn't be a reason why you should have to always go and hire somebody to do something that sometime your sons or your daughters can do. Right. 
like we used to do. I mean, right. it was, you know, daddy wouldn't hire nobody to, to you know, <laughs> put that, you know, he wouldn't, you know. Y'all better come on. Y'all better come on and get with it to, you know, put that sheetrock up right there. That's what we going to do. Or we're going to dig that hole in that foundation or something. Right. We're going to work, you know, and show you how you're going to hammer. You're going to nail. Uh-huh. You know, hey, man, get that pipe wrench out of here and twist that, that sink, that sink leak, leaking up under there. We're going to replace that. Yeah. You know, and that's the way we were taught. Right. You know, so when you grow up, you can have those kind of skills. A lot of people don't know that about me, that I can do that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. They don't know that about Bobby Eaton. They just think right. I'm a guitar player with soft hands, right. and, you know, right. playing radio, just talking. But we were taught how to do labor and how to rebuild our homes and stuff like that. And when they took that out of the schools, right. the school system, and they, they took, took out, tech out. home, they took ec- home yeah. economics, right. went, you know what I mean, where, where you, you learn how to cook and stuff. Right. Women learn how to I mean, well, see, it, it yeah. wasn't okay. It's I'm I'm laughing because I I'm not a hoarder, but I keep little things from school. So they taught economics mm-hmm. in our in our school. When we were at Carver Middle School, we had to t- everybody had to take home ec. You had to make a pillow. You had to make some pants. You had to make something. Okay. Yeah, then you had, had to. to bake. You had to. That was a part of your grade. Mm-hmm. And then you had to. Um, cook a meal and you had to have your you know your your recipe supplies or whatever and who was going to do this who was going to do that so me and my friend Arnetta my friend and these are people that cooked the meal together we right? all had to prepare and we had a we had a task each person in the group had a task to mm-hmm. do so everyone we had that skill set you know that had home ec in middle school and I know we had it in high school but of course we no longer have those type of programs because of funding and cut budget cuts and that kind of thing. Other things took priority over that right now. So a lot of those skills that we were getting, like you, that you mentioned that we used to get in school, we no longer get that. Don't you get them. You have to get it at home or your, your, your mom Somebody. taught you, mm-hmm. your aunt taught mm-hmm. you, your uncle, come on, get, uh-uh, we ain't watching no TV all day. Get yourself, get yourselves up and come on. That kind of thing. Yeah. That's the only way and, you learn. And if you're a single parent mother who didn't have any of that in your life, oh, God. no grandpa or no uncle or something to teach your boy, you know, how to, to do, do those things. Yeah. And he grows up with PlayStation and Xbox. That's all he knows. And that's all he knows, you know, and, you know, and that's well, that's that's it. Unless he can get around some people to help him and he, and overcome. Yeah, that that too. And the other thing I'm learning is, we some of us, not all of us. I don't want my baby. My kid, they don't have to do that. My child will never have to. And, oh and my they, goodness! And, they, and for real, they don't now. They grown. Yeah, I know. They, a, they now they don't know anything. Yeah, I know a lady. Grown. I know a lady who has a son that's uh, what is he? Eighteen and one is twenty. Mm-hmm. In the house, living with her, mm-hmm. and she pays. And her house is she don't have a big yard, but she pays somebody to cut the grass. You know, and I'm saying to myself, you got these two big old boys, and you don't have a lot of grass to cut. What you know? She empties the trash, she washes the dishes, no, and all of that no, because no, no. she's been doing it so long, and that's what she because she don't demand she don't demand anything else. Them. And then they, they play on me, playstations and they smoking weed now and I would all of that. And they just my son. yeah, they, I done cleared out the room. Mm-hmm. With them. Look, you oh, oh okay, yeah, all right, all right. 
And sometimes mothers have to be crazy like that to get their sons attention. attention because you're the mother and they all big and looking at you. Oh, like, yeah, right. I would still go upside your right, head. But uh-huh. it's almost, okay, I can't, I can't hit you. I can't do it. But guess what? I'm going to get you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so you have to do like what you, you got to do because, right. you know, these kids grow up and they be strong and they be big and they be like, whoa, a challenge to be reckoned right. with, you know, and you have to be on your P's and Q's. And if you allow them to manipulate you and run over you, then you're going to be in bad shape. I had a mother tell me, what can I do to help my, I said, well, you didn't get on him when he was, when he was young. Right. So now he's six, 17 years old. Ain't and out of control. Nothing. Ain't right. doing Not nothing. Not listening to you at Ain't, all. Hey, he keeps going in. I tell him to come in, and he, you know, at a certain hour, and he's not. He's staying out late, and I'm like, he's just in high school. Oh no. Mm-hmm. Oh no. He's just in high school, but you allowing that to happen? Because it only gets it'll only get worse. It's gonna get worse. It only gets worse, unfortunately, and I hate that. I absolutely. I do hate too. That. I hate when the discipline isn't there. And uh, the the children are running the parents. Right. That right. is a bad thing. That's a horrible thing. You know, especially in a in a depressed community. Mm-hmm. An oppressed because, community. Because kids get, I mean, they act out because of sure, lack nobody, of structure. Nobody look you as a right now in TPS schools, any schools except for a few. You can do whatever you want. You can act and. Uh, it's like we're gonna talk to you. We're gonna. We're, there's no. Okay, if you did what you did at home, you would get towed up mm-hmm. in most homes. Mm-hmm. But you try that at school. There are no repercussions whatsoever for your behavior, other than to send you home with your mama. Let them deal with you. you sometimes know, I went into a school, and I'm not gonna say what school I went into, but I went up there to talk to the principal and stuff, just on some mm-hmm. other practices. And I saw a fight take place oh, in the hallway. Lord. Two females just slinging at each other. I'm wow. talking about going. Then the bell, the buzzer rang. People, all the kids came out in the hallway, right? Oh, they had on earbuds in the ear and cell phones was out. And they were walking. And they were laughing. And, you know, a lot of the gag. I'm like, wow, is this what school that is, is like now? now. That is school I right said they got now. the freedom to just do, do what whatever. they want to do. Do what they, they want to do. do. And, and I'm so thankful I and then, got to deal with Right, people. and then when the uh, school calls the parents, telling them that their son or daughter has acted out, mm-hmm. and the parents come up there and get all mad at the teachers and administrative staff and call them lies and stuff and all of that kind of stuff and side up with the children. Always somebody else's fault. Always until, right. until you take responsibility for the mishaps that you've done or the things that you haven't done, you're going to always blame somebody else. And blaming somebody else, you know, and uh, just like we're talking about depression, a lot of times we blame that on somebody else, the situation that you're in, but you are the master of your ship. That's it. You control you. And you know, a lot of times we have our guards up so high and the shield in front of us that we don't want to change, you know. That's all you, you know. know, huh? That's all you know. And then we got to get back to what I call black love. Mm-hmm. Black love means that you love your brother, you love your sister, mm-hmm. you love each other, and not be so afraid to have a conversation. <laughs> you know. I know it's so. Yeah. It's, it's hilarious because 
it's almost you can't. I I I when I go out of my way to be nice to some people, it's um it's almost like what what, Why gang, is she so what nice, yeah huh? what angle what she want from me. I don't want, can't I treat you like a human, human being? being. The, yeah. the, the 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 creator something. I know the creator made you, so why would I treat you right you any know? different? I mean, it's just mm-hmm. it's just for it's it's mind boggling. It's mind boggling because we've gotten away no from trust. that. No trust. That's why I was telling somebody the other day. I said, "Man, I ain't been to a wedding in so long. I don't even know what that is." Wow. Because I don't see people engaging and re- really respecting one another, the genres mm-hmm. of a, you know, I don't see courtship and, and I remember back right. in the day you had to court. Right. You know, you right. had to really court a, a lady, a guy, you know, right. that's what guys did. Right. And you had to do that, meet their mother, meet their fathers, meet the whole, family. meet the whole families and stuff before you could actually take her out. Uh-huh. But that's non-existent today. That's old fogey stogie. Everybody's on uh, this different place. You got women going to men's houses. You know. You have you know every, you all have, of that. You it's have all back and forth. I mean, back and forth. There are no there are no rules per no se. Ru- no rules. No regulations. No respect. None. And that's what the issue is. There is no respect. Some of the Elders don't respect the young, and the young don't respect the elders. It goes both ways. And when you don't have that, then you got tension. You got problems. You got issues in the home, Mm -hmm. you know. And uh, sometimes I also think that society pushes so much negativity in the music Mm -hmm. that they listen to, the videos that they watch, uh, the pornographic stuff that's all out there. And that conditions the mind. So if you incorporate that every day in your life, that that those things I just named every day, okay. every then day. you become a certain type of mindset right. type person right. who, right. you know, that's all you think about that lifestyle. Right. And that's your and that is your norm. But your norm isn't really a real norm. It's that's not a real norm. Part. That's a you know, part. because what you see isn't a norm. Anytime you want to wake up in the mornings. I wake up in the afternoon and you, you, you're smoking and drinking and uh, you're looking at some love and hip hop myth and mm-hmm. some stuff and incorporating some Lil Wayne in your life. It's like a train wreck. It's, it's like, like a, a car wreck. You just yeah. got to look. You can't turn you, away. You you're like, can't, oh, my God. You can't, I mean, I don't understand. I'm trying to understand that culture. It's you know, crazy. It's crazy. And then, you know, you just all be in one kind of way. And you're living that lifestyle. That's, that's what's influencing your your. Yeah. I did I did an I did something for a class, and when I was teaching at Carver, um, there was a, the doctor that worked on Bill Cosby's show. All right, he had this. You know, I was. It was a. Wasn't I, he a doctor? Yeah, he was an honorary. He had an honorary ED or something mm-hmm. like that. Uh-huh. But I cannot think. Alvin Poussin, I think. Yeah, Alvin Poussin. Okay, yeah. Doctor Alvin Poussin. He had this activity, you know, and it was it was it was more behavioral science and not like you know trees, leaves, and dirt, you know. So I had my kids, my students, to go. We were talking about how television influences your opinion of things. And they were always talking about, I think it was not one of the um, really extreme TV shows, not a Ricky Lake, the Bob Wilkes show. 
you know, just just real real extreme Mori uh-huh. Popovich type of show. And I, the idea was okay. When you watch these type of TV shows, they have an they influence your behavior, which is why Dr. Bill, Bill Cosby and Dr. Bussant were very close, close, but mm. very strategic in the storytelling that they would do because they wanted to portray a black, a functioning black family, like a real family, you mm-hmm. know, how they would function together. No dysfunctionalness that we saw on Bill Cosby's show. But anyway, but. I did this work. I did this on assignment for the kids, and I told them, what do you watch? Okay, and they would watch it, and they'd come back and talk about it, and we talked about how those shows influence their behavior in class, how, how it – and I got some feedback. I got some pushback from the school principal. Why mm-hmm. this is this not age-appropriate? The kids shouldn't be – but they were already talking about these shows already in the classroom because it's TV. They watched the Judge Judy shows. They would watch these shows. They, would, they already knew. They already knew, but and they would bring in this behavior back to class. And I got in trouble for that. But the flip side of it, the flip side, one one parent's like, "Oh my God, I am so glad you you did this assignment because my child was able to dis- discern how this actually influenced their behavior and it helped." But you know, I it it. it I remind if you know I was called somebody somebody called the principal and was like I don't think that's age appropriate they mm-hmm. shouldn't be doing that mm-hmm. in the meantime your your baby wound up pregnant a couple of years late that kind of crazy so but it was just mm-hmm. it was just you know when you try and tr- try to help kids and try to bring things to their attention that yes when not not looking but who's next what's her name Cardi B. Cardi B is not a role model, but a lot of people, a lot of young people aspire to that and like that, and it's okay. They mom and daddy make well, like it. Well, she's a role model to those who accept that behavior and that lifestyle, yes. and they want to be just like her. But guess what? Yeah, that type of a, that type of a role model. But guess what? Not mm-hmm. everybody comes from that lifestyle. No. You may have You may have structure in your home yeah. when you know your mom and daddy have expectations for mm-hmm. you to do. But there you want to be all turned up acting like. Well, you know, those people from impoverished areas and uh, ghetto streams and stuff like that will look at her as kind of like a queen in a way. If you're in Chicago, New York, Detroit and the ghettos and the slums, mm-hmm. you know, and she's she's doing that kind of behavior. Her and a Lou Wayne or somebody like that bringing they looking up to them kind of people. Yeah. And. I don't think they're good role models. I think they're I think they're role models, but not good role models. There's a difference right. between the two. I mean, I would say, uh, you know, if you're looking at, uh, okay, you're looking at LeBron James, mm-hmm. you know, who does more than play basketball. Right. Now he's being a role model, you know, and, and I could consider him a good role model. Right. You know, but uh. Some of that other junk and trash that's going on, mm-hmm. those are trash role models that people want to, they influence a lot of younger people. Right. And they're locked into that lifestyle with those with those artists and stuff like that, and right. it's bad. Right. You know, and they grow up for year after year trying to emulate and be mm-hmm. in that culture. Right. That type of, that type of hip-hop culture, because I'm saying 
hip hop is not all bad. No, it's not. It's not all it's bad not. at all. And no. see, sometimes hip hop gets a bad rap amongst older people. Because the, yeah, yeah, because when Public Enemy came out, everybody was like, everybody "Oh was, Lord, that was horrible." Oh, he was real horrible. That was bad, wasn't it? Yeah, but, but they were telling. But the they truth. were telling. They were telling a story, and they were basically telling the same story we've been talking. Like here it is, twenty twenty. And we're still talking about it. And they were talking yeah. about it then, right? You know, but you you talk about that. I mean, Percy Miller. From New Orleans, what what is his um rap masterpiece? Masterpiece, masterpiece. Percy Miller out of New Orleans, right? Lord. Masterpiece. Okay, well, Percy lived in like one of the worst project areas in New Orleans, Calumet, and all of those places. Yep. Okay. Poverty. He did his thing, did his thing, but he did an interview with his son and his wife, and it was like. His son looked like he was terrified to be. Come on, little Romeo. Yes, mm-hmm. just terrified to be in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So you know, his dad protected him from that. It's not like he wanted to. He be raised there. him though. Yeah, he raised. Yeah, his dad raised him. He so raised it, so him. So it was sort of like, yeah, you're not gonna. This is not for you. Don't I'm even. watching you. Eyes right, on you. I'm right, raising right. you. So that's that's. He big was difference. raised. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So he's not going to go. In that direction. That, in that direction, trying to emulate. Look at him. He's going, he's in a business. He's doing totally, business stuff. Totally, totally different, different. Totally different. Because his dad invested that time in him, and he kept his eyes on him. And little Romeo became little Romeo the businessman. Right, right, right. You so know. there's a difference. There's a yeah. difference in the people. when they Once they get the money and they, you know, it's a lifestyle that some it's of them betray grown from where he, you know. Master P was drug dealer. He was right. selling uh, CDs out the trunk of the car right. Right. and all of that. But there's a snapping point with a lot of entertainers. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you look at the Jay-Z, Jay-Z was a drug dealer. Yeah. You right. know, and you look at all of these people who flipped their lives around mm-hmm. after eye-opening situations. Right. And it's like, wait, man, I ain't got, I don't have to do that no more. Right. I can do this. I can live my life like this. I don't have to spread that poison amongst my community and, you know, sleeping with one eye open. And mm-hmm. I don't have to do that anymore. Right. Let me just right. work on this. Right. And that's what we need to work on in our communities, you know, because, you know, it's so often that sometimes our community gets a bad rap because everybody thinks it's bad. It's, because every time you see that's mainstream, all they show. mainstream media is going to show whoever that shot somebody or something. Right. But they're never going to show a lot of the good stuff no. that takes place in our community. Uh, I can name several good places like the Reed Community Center, oh, Pocket Full yeah. of Hope, the Carver Center up here for senior citizens. Right. Right. I could go on oh. and on. Edurick out in Edurick Family yeah. Fund Center. Yeah. I can go on and on about the good things that we have, in that our we have in our, right in our community. Right. At our, at our, right. But mainstream media is not going to tell you about it. So you're going to think that it's nothing but bad over here mm-hmm. for those who watch the TV and believe in that. That's why we tell our stories our way over here at Eaton Media Services, <laughs> yeah. you know, because it's black owned, black paid for, blackity, blackity, black. Right. You know what I mean? And that's what it's all about over here. And uh, we have to have these kind of platforms, you know, to grow and give this information, this much needed, needed information. information, you know. And when we can talk about it, and people can listen to it, and they can to- uh, tune in, and you know, I can learn something, and you can learn something, and we can all learn something about what's going on. People makes the community better. It makes a better community. Yeah, information is power. Yeah. It is power. Reading is a 
is power. <laughs> you know, it, reading is power. Yes, it is. You know, the more yes, knowledge you obtain, you know, you take some time out to do some reading and looking and investigation. Mm-hmm. And if you don't read, at least go to YouTube and watch some YouTube and invest and uh, listen to some of the stories and and the history and stuff that you can yeah. obtain. Use your telephone for more than for just good. yeah for good mm-hmm. or for more than just <laughs> trash talking and junk and watching negative stuff. Oh God! You know that's yeah. what we need to do, and I, you know, I see that, and you know, I was down doing, okay, that uh, Juneteenth, I was down there. One, I'm the oldest man down there. Uh huh. Anyway, I was a group of young black ladies were walking down the street. There's four of them, and they were walking down Black Wall Street, but didn't know about Black Wall Street. Hmm. And I. Stopped and talked to them, and they didn't know anything about it. They said, "Well, it's just Black Wall Street. What was Black Wall Street?" And then you have to go back and talk about Dick Rowland and Sarah Page and mm-hmm. what happened at the, Drexel, the Drexel Building, and <laughs> go and just give them this history. And they just were looking at me like, oh "Wow, God. wow, that happened down here. Oh my this God. is what happened." But that's that's a part of the plan, though. Come on, it's man. designed to be it's that way. Way. When they put that freeway through there, right. when they when OSU came and bought up the land, it's I mean it's designed to be that way. Yeah. Keep it hush hush, keep it on the DL. But right. now it's resurfacing. Oh God, it's oh you, all eyes on Tulsa. Okay, it, come it, on it now. Is now July the sixth. That's it. December thirty first, and then January one is we we're like six months away. Okay. From the Centennial okay, that's Massacre. Why you, that's why you got a new street that's kind of wavy in spots because they did it real fast. That's um, why they got the work that they're doing. At, um, they're trying to make it look nice. They're trying their best. Yes. They, <laughs> to they try trying. To, to try to get it right. Right. But you know? I'm like, it's almost like people come and ask, when people start coming and asking these questions, well, well, this is talking about historic, the, the last two, but is this it, baby? That is that what you see is what, That's you, get. what you get. That's because they it. tore down the rest. They 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 wanted to erase. They erased everything they possibly could. And erase. they did. Okay. So I mean, so for for when you hear when you hear things like, well, no, we don't want it. That well, that was not the intention. That's a lie. That was the intention. That is that was the intention. Period. Because it happened. And then now that you have this one little spot. You want to capitalize on it, and you want to tell your story. They don't want you down there telling that story. They don't Not want the anybody. They don't story. want anybody to tell the truth. Everything wants. We want it palatable for mm-hmm. other people to. Because when you tell, like, yeah, they burnt. Be you see those bricks for years and years and years. Burnt I bricks. would look at those bricks and think to myself, Oh my God, that's ugly. Until yeah. I learned that those are actual burnt. bricks. They're from that the was, massacre. From the massacre. Yeah, you say, man, it's ugly. Look at that. It's burnt. It's but burnt. But it did. It didn't dawn on me. It's like, oh my god, mm-hmm. somebody had the wherewithal to like. And they I rebuilt just, them with those with, with the, uh, Okay, we this story is going to be here. If nothing else stands, this is going to be here, so people can see and bet. You couldn't have this. These are the bricks that were burned because you you see nineteen twenty three or twenty four twenty two on that building mm-hmm. that was rebuilt. 
Mm-hmm. After so, 21. So, yeah, after 21. The, the year is mm-hmm. on the building that it was right, built. Exactly. So you see, and it's with the, the And they the came time. back down there and rebuilt it. Yeah. They did rebuild it. You know, they built rebuilt it all the way, and it went from Archer all, all the, the way, way down, down the pine. Right, right. They, it didn't curve like it is no, does it was now. Straight, it, it was, was straight. straight. You know, I had the opportunity to walk on Greenwood during the time when it was still Greenwood. Mm-hmm. And black businesses was all Still up and down. Right. Rick's Theater was there, Bill's Barbecue, King Park, Emerson School, all, all of that. that. The Brickyard, you just right. name it. Right. On a Spans Pool Hall, uh, Big Ben McKin- McKinney's Tailor and Shop. You know, and all of that was down on Greenwood. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and as a little boy, well, young boy, we go down there and get uh, candy and mm-hmm. and cookies and at the little stores and stuff yeah. like that and it finally just urban renewal mm-hmm. which is urban removal right. came down there and tore down all of that stuff my last memories was Mr. Peavy's the grocery store that Peavy's grocery store yeah yeah that that was mm-hmm. that was my last memory right. but I didn't know the significance of it at that time. I just know my mom, she did the They didn't teach us that. No, they, you know, coming up, they didn't teach us about no, Black Wall Street and no. Greenwood. I, I was walking up and down Greenwood and didn't even know. Right. You know. But it was, we'll see later on, like, my mom, the, the, the last bastation of Black business leaders and entrepreneurs were, you know, we still had a few, like Mr. Harrison, Clovis mm-hmm. Harrison. Yeah, Clovis Harrison. That, down that on Greenwood. Group, well, he wasn't on Greenwood. They were working from Apache at Oh, yeah, Apache Circle so right Apache over Circle. there. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. right, exactly. So, but they still were entrepreneurs in the community. They you were. had American State Bank. You still yeah, had... Yeah, you had Mr. Harold Anderson and all of them were doing things and building economic They were growth. still. They were still, still in yeah. the midst of all of that. In the midst of, yeah, in the midst trying, of all of it, trying to rebuild. Right. That The whole time that you know, they were there. It's so sad that we don't, we don't have... Uh, grocery store and we don't have a black bank we don't have some basic things that we need in our community here in district one you know which Mm -hmm. houses they say thirty three thousand people in district one is smaller communities and like skyatook and bigsby and all them are smaller than us have more economic development than we do right i mean they got walmart stores and all kind of stuff in those little small towns you know and it's sad, you know, that we don't have any of that. So know? guess so guess what? When what? people come through in January one, nineteen twenty one, mm-hmm. you think they're gonna stop right there? No. No. They're gonna and then the question will be well well what? What has actually happened here? Those are the conversations they're gonna have to be able to talk. Well, we'll have to tell them the answers, you oh, know, God, and yeah. what happened because if you don't get the truth and the true story They'll leave. They'll leave with uh, information that they just think is true. But again, that comes from us telling our stories and being implanted in those spaces. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and people come looking, and that's the other part. People come looking for the truth. So, when you hear things about health disparities and life expectancies and how you have the tale of two cities in one city, people can see that. Mm-hmm. Every major city that you go to, you know, you kind of have that. But this is like stark contrast. This mm-hmm. is just unbelievably, you know, you, you can just drive down Peoria 
Take mm-hmm. 81st Peoria and drive all the way down to 75th Peoria Street yeah. North. And North. you will literally see you're going from rural, almost rural, to urban. And But you get over oh, here. When you get on North like, Side, it turns dark, right. especially at nighttime. It, well, it literally turns dark. It, it, at nighttime, it literally turns you can dark. see how dark it changes and gets doom and it gloom when you get north. Yeah, I've done it on. We've done it on purpose before. Yeah, yeah. Just to see. Just to see what it looks. It would look like. like we go like, way out south, light and then it's lights shine. on, bright <laughs> shine, and as we get closer. Yeah. To north. Yeah. Well, you know, North Tulsa is almost like a colony. Right. It's almost like a colony. You know, uh, you got the tale of two cities. Yeah. Absolutely. Really, literally, the Absolutely. the tale of two cities. And we're struggling yeah, for no, pennies and dimes. Exactly. And just trying to just trying to get, but again, we. I mean, pimping I the poor. Yeah. Pimping the poor. And so they, you have you. There's money. People do get money. People get funding all the time. But the people that are getting that funding don't necessarily look like us. They use our numbers disparities and all of that and mm-hmm. talk about and then they get the funding for mm-hmm. to carry out their projects and you know there you go yeah so, and the projects right yeah so it's just carry, the projects I should say programs carry out their programs so to speak implement their programs right but are they really making impact you know just like I love the dream center I know they had pence but they had USDA boxes of food They've got a ton of food that they're constantly giving out. Yeah, but as long as you're giving food away, mm-hmm. okay, are you really helping? Are you really? Well, there's people that are in need. I know there are people in well, need. I'm talking about in serious need. And, and guess what? With some this of COVID, them, and, they, some of they them need, and some of them may not get the food. Yeah. That's the whole thing. But they need to, you know, find a. How can we find a way to feed our own and to keep our own uh, with basic? Basic, basic life thing. stuff, right, right? You know, just basic. It may be, you know. I remember we were doing a <laughs> uh, school giveaway supply, uh-huh. and a, and a mother, she inboxed me on um, Facebook, and she said she has no transportation, but she got three children at her house, mm-hmm. and she would love to be able to get some school supplies for the kids, and she may be able to meet us somewhere, and she lived out south. Oh wow! So you know what I mean. She lived out south, and she said she could meet us somewhere. Wow. Possibly she can catch the bus. Wow! You know, and I said, we said, wow! I said, ma'am, hold on, I'll have somebody bring you some some school supplies. But see, that's the other thing mm-hmm. because we've been so dispersed, and oh, I don't want to live out north. I don't want to do this. Oh, we put you north think, down. They don't think we don't stop to think that you may have somebody on the south side that is mm-hmm. still they're still. Oh, there. Hey, look there are here. Plenty of, I know we got some underserved communities out south. Yes, but they've know. been displaced from yeah. here. Yeah, right. Outside. Exactly from out south. Just like in, in Chicago when they tore down Cabrini Green. Oh my goodness! And they put all those people into housing in South South Side Chicago. People from Chicago will tell you when they pulled down Cabrini, it it all went left for our neighborhood. Or did it go left? So again, by design, because you didn't you 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 put people out of a space that they were accustomed to living in on top of each other and you expected them to live a different way in normal neighborhoods, what we would call normal neighborhood neighborhoods per se. Not everybody, but too many. Too many. Too many. Yeah. So again, you know, if you if that's all you've ever lived, that's you know, 
the expectations. What are the expectations of you living in a home? To do right. What are the expectations? Yeah, right. right. So, you know, some people may, may not have ever had a lawn more to cut grass or, you know. Yeah, and that's true. You know, that's so true because uh, if you don't have it, then you can't use it. And you don't know. And you don't know how to go about getting the job done. Right. That may be a struggle for you. Just like the people in the North Coast will be like, you know, they they may leave a place, but you you got your house with the grass 10 feet high, but you think you're going to move out south and do that. No, boo-boo. No, they're not going to let you do that out there. live like that. And the thing thing about it is sometimes uh, the city has a problem taking care of its own property over here in North Mm -hmm. Tulsa. Yeah. You know, we we talk about that sometimes, too. So, you know, that's what... I know two. I know of two lots that the city owns, and they cut their grass religiously. Do they? Yes. Over here in North Tulsa. Yes. Yeah, that's yes. good. That's yes. a good thing. Two, just two. Now only <laughs> that's a good and thing. I'm like okay. Okay. Well, we're gonna take a little break, and we're gonna be right back. We wanna let everybody know you're on the Bobby Eaton Show, where we tell our stories our way. Uh, dial the number nine one eight eight five six three eight seven three. Again, that number is nine one eight. Eight five six three eight seven three. All right, gonna take a break. Be right back. Take your time.
Ah, yeah, you're on the Bobby Eaton Show where we tell our stories our way. Dial that number, 918-856-3873. Me and Miss Sherry Lasky's in here, my co-host, and um, it's pretty good. We've been kind of covering, we've been covering a lot of stuff, Sherry. Yes, we have. Huh? Yes, we have. Yeah. We've been covering a whole lot. You know, so uh, let's talk about a little bit about health. Oh, you Lord. know, yes. that is a big issue in our community is, oh, is health, you I'm, know? Yeah, I, I, I work and I'm a registered nurse, so I do a little bit of everything. I've done um, ICU, med surge, clinic, employee health, the whole nine yards. But the one thing that the number one disease that's affecting our community is diabetes. So oh, boy. Tell me about it. And a lot of diabetes that's more so to do with your diet. Mm-hmm. What your you put diet, in your body. What you put in your body and whether or not you're exercising and managing mm-hmm. your, you know, sedentary lifestyle. Right. If you're not up moving around, burning those extra calories mm-hmm. and from that food that you're taking in, your, your, your blood sugar. And that's we, true. And we just don't know. So I was, you know, working, volunteering, and they were like 75% of their clients have diabetes. Mm-hmm. 75%. That's a big percentage. Of, that's a huge number. And they mm-hmm. deal with North Tulsa, North Tulsa um, residents. Mm-hmm. So when you're looking at those numbers and you see people coming in and they're overweight. And right. It's, a right. Lot, it's almost like a 
I can't call it a lifestyle, but you have to make a conscious decision mm-hmm. what you want to do, how you're going to eat, that kind of thing. Right, and, exactly. But that goes, a lot of it goes back to what you, what's readily available to you in your community. Well, you know, a doctor told me once, he says, Bobby, let me tell you something. If it's not in your house, you can't eat it. He says, if it's not there, I mean, if you... If you buy it and put it in the house, you're going to eat it. Right. But if it's not there to eat, you're not, it, going, to you're not going to eat it. You know, you know, so right. you got to condition yourself to watch what you eat. And, and make and, sure you buy the right thing. Exactly. Right. You know, so that's important right there. Yeah. I just, you know, I say, wow. So, you know, little things like the things that we take for granted as it relates to eating healthy, like sugar. Going not, to buy a five-pound bag, go buy a five-pound bag of sugar, and you think about all the things you put your sugar in. Because I had to make a conscious effort. I don't buy sugar anymore, but I buy honey. So I don't know if honey's just yeah, as honey, bad as sugar. Well, they but, say honey's better than sugar. But I'm mean, that's like, what I hear. Yeah, you know. but I try to, you know, probably because it costs so much. You'd be like, well, I ain't gonna. It's use expensive. This. Yeah, I know that. So I'm not gonna use it. Well, you will, you know. So, but the thing is when you have like white processed sugar then you have like the sodas that we drink that have the high fructose sugar it's the high fructose sugar in soft drinks that's so addictive extremely addictive so yeah i know that sugar and then because of that it 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 just like messes with your whole digestion i don't do sugar mm-hmm. i don't do a lot of sugar and stuff i mm-hmm. um you know, I may do some. And I know even this stuff, the Splenda and all that's not good for you right, as well right. either. But it's better than the sugar. Yeah, well, you know, the like stevia. I grow stevia, and that's yes, that yeah, stevia yeah, right, 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 right. And I've yet to figure out how to make it work in any kind of drink. But mm-hmm. I try to put it in there. And do you, you know, drink coffee? See, I drink. I haven't had a cup of coffee. I did. I had a cup of coffee for the first time in a week. I only was able to go without a week. Cause I was you like, went a whole God. week without? I went a whole week Man, without Man, I got to at least drink one cup a day. Yeah, I know. That, I mean, that's I'm my hooked, morning. I'm that's hooked my on morning that. Thing. One, at least one cup, you know, and I know that's not always good for you, but, right. I, you know, they say co- coffee has benefits and, and yeah. things that's not good for you. Yeah, but I think it's the sugar that we put in the coffee that yeah, makes it sugar bad for and, us. Yeah, and the cream and stuff like that. And if, if that's the only if that's the only milk you're gonna get, you might as well take that. You take that <laughs> yeah, cream. Take that yeah, cream. you know, <laughs> I, I, the milk that I've been drinking, I've been drinking some almond milk. Yeah, you know, I've been trying yeah. to do do it that way. Uh huh. Some almond milk and uh, trying to eat a little bit better. You know. I tried the rice. I'm trying the rice milk to see how that works out. So how does that taste? I haven't tried it yet. I just bought it. I got to wait and see. I haven't built up the nerve. <laughs> oh, you haven't, <laughs> huh? It's a cup of coffee. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just a certain things that uh, that we can put in our bodies, you know. Mm-hmm. Cause we are what we put in our bodies. Oh, wow. And mm-hmm. just the, like for the past two or three days, I've just been eating whatever I have in my yard, in mm-hmm. my garden, and mostly cucumbers and stuff. So I've been eating mostly a plant-based diet. So I can, oh, have you? Just, just within the three days that I've been doing, I can tell a difference. You can tell? Yeah, just just feel a little different, you know, because, whoo, I made a mistake and ate a hamburger one day. I was just like, what is in my gut? It just hurt my stomach real it's bad. It's too heavy, huh? I was just like, what in the world? This is insane. But yeah. 
I hadn't been eating a lot of meat anyway. What I was yeah. doing is just eating the greens out of my garden. Uh-huh. Okay. Eating the squash out of the garden. Yeah. <laughs> so just doing those. And yeah, it's been totally different. Totally different diet. Yeah. Totally different Food is diet. good. You know, uh, we're getting a grocery store. Yeah. Right yeah. there on the shops of on Peoria. Yeah, right. Right in front out there in that big old field out there. They're mm-hmm. gonna be Oasis Fresh Market. Right. right. The name of right. it, you know, and right. we're getting that, you know. So mm-hmm. it's supposed to open up next year mm-hmm. uh, around March. Mm-hmm. That's what I understand. Well, you know? Because we've been we 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 need a grocery store. Mm-hmm. And I do say not to say that's the end the last one. We could use another one. Exactly. Okay? Even if it's a smaller, just mm-hmm. all produce grocery store. Yeah. You know? You know, and that's what that's another thing that I was talking about. I said, we need to open up a lot of little small mm-hmm. produce grocery stores. Like mm-hmm. they have at Brahms. Yeah. You know how they have yeah. those little yeah. uh, vegetables and stuff yeah. like that? Yeah. Even if we had something that small, yeah. you know, around town and pockets and stuff, well, you know what? it'd be good. I know when I, I always go back to Chicago because that is my my reference of when I just I for the five years that I was there I enjoyed life in Chicago. Period. Yeah. Yeah, Chicago is so, a different animal. Yeah, so um, there was this place where you just go. It was nothing but vegetables, fruit and vegetables. Okay, they may had they had one little counter. Of milk, maybe the size of the wall behind you. That was it. That was it? For milk and eggs, that was it. Everything else is fruit and vegetables. So you go in there, you get oranges, lemons, any type of produce. Really? That, in season. that was it. And this store stayed packed all the time. And the prices were Pretty fairly, decent. Yeah, fairly. So I don't know if it's because they would buy bulk or like the... Like they may have produce in a warehouse or whatever, and they had to mm-hmm. get rid of it. And they, you know, grapes were eighty nine cents a pound on a regular, you know, peaches, plums, and a, and it wasn't like it was sour fruit or whatever. It was I good fruit, that, right? Good it was fruit, good though. fruit that you would buy. But you know, I don't, I haven't seen a store like that in Tulsa at all. Mm. Well, maybe this one will be like that. You know, hopefully. I don't, I don't know. I don't. You know. know, I don't know anything about the Oasis. Mm-hmm. Fresh market mm-hmm. and what other areas? Mm-hmm. Maybe in other parts of the country where it may be popular. Well, didn't they say it was in L.A. or something? Maybe it is an L.A. Uh, L.A. store or something like that. I hope that it's uh, you know one of those type of places. And it's Oasis. Oasis, Oasis Fresh Market. You know, I don't know what area they're at. You know, so. Okay. Well, they have Oasis Fresh Market. This is one in Tulsa. The Fresh Market, upscale grocery store chain with an old school vibe. Is that what it says? This must be another. No, this is another store. This can't be it. Oasis Fresh Market coming in North Tulsa. Mm-hmm. But to say anything about the Where store, the locations are, is, is it a first one? Or, you know, I don't know. 3.9 million buildings. That's why I'm just 3.9 million. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna have a demonstration kitchen, multi-purpose room, walk-in beer, wine cooler, dairy department. Some of you. It's gonna be okay, huh? Yeah, I guess to show people how to cook. That's good because we we need to know how to cook right you know, in our community. 
So. Construction is expected to be completed in spring 2021. Mm-hmm. But no, I don't see anything about the company. Hmm. Well, it's going to be opening up in March of next yeah. year, doing the centennial, you know, and uh, we're looking forward to having this grocery store in our community. Now, mm-hmm. you guys take care of this grocery store, you know, let's take care of it. And, um, don't believe all the myths and stuff like that and all, you know, the negativity. I When they were breaking the ground, there was a guy out there talking about, I don't know why they're going to build a grocery store. All they're going to do is steal from it. But that's the whole mentality yeah, of folks. Right. Yeah. Like, they're just going to steal from it. So I said, man, you ain't you haven't even given it a chance. Yeah, you've already, okay, so yeah. you, you prefer driving across town right. and getting your food. Food and, and all of that into a taking whole you, other. Taking your money. This is going to be a brand new facility. Store. Right. Brand right. new store. Right. You know, right. with everything. Not a build out. No, <laughs> it's going to be like, you know. But see, that's the type of person you're just like, okay, whatever, let them go. On, he man. was so negative. But he was standing up there talking about they gonna, all they're going to do is steal, break in, and they're going to have <laughs> Uncle their Ruckus friend. nephew. Yeah, uh, uh, <laughs> Uncle Ruckus, right, right, right. That's his nephew. I oh, said, man, God. how negative. Yes, but you, you know. have people like that, you just got to like, whatever, move on. Yeah, you he's do. The, be the main one up in there shopping. Yeah, he'd be up in there pushing a basket around. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's good that they're having that. It's good. We're making progress. Yeah. We're making progress. We need to do that. We need we, and we need more. We just can't stop there. We got to keep going. We got to yeah. keep going. And you know, you have to go get yourself also with health. Go get yourself checked out. Go to the right. doctor. Right. You know, the uh, Don't wait until you're about to die. Black to men to have a problem going to the doctor. Well, black men. Well, considering Mm-hmm. Considering the and the history. woman is always telling them, "Go, you need to go. I'm gonna make an appointment for you." And then we don't never go. Mm-mm. And you that's know. the thing: most men that are married have better health outcomes than single men. They do. So, and it's because Man, they I have a get, woman I need to, to get married. Them or <laughs> just somebody, somebody. On yeah, when them you have another, regular, when you have a mate, you have a spouse, yeah, spouse yeah. and stuff like that, you can, you can do better. You know, so. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that uh, we're doing uh, well, see, not this only stuff. That, people, sometimes people don't know where to go when they don't have health insurance, and you know all of that can can stop people from going. Are you, your job doesn't offer health care? You know, you may work thirty nine hours and you have to work forty hours just to get the insurance, and that's the way a lot of companies are doing. Yeah, it. they're not going to give you that insurance. Right, right. They don't because it's a cost to them. Mm-hmm. So that now you're in a situation of okay, where do I go? And sometimes people don't know resources that are out there for them. Are if they are available, you have to wait. You got to take a sack lunch with you and wait all day. True. To be seen. So it's just like, what do you do? Mm-hmm. You're right. What so, do you do? Right. You know, and that's why information is power. We got to mm-hmm. know this stuff. Mm-hmm. You got to mm-hmm. know where to go, who mm-hmm. to talk to, mm-hmm. what to do. Wake up in the morning and investigate. Go somewhere. Right. Do something. Ask questions. Right. You right. know, if you don't know the answers, ask questions. Right. You but know. So you have like a public health department, the health department, they have some things, but you, you would think they would have others and they don't. They don't have like they don't have those things, right? Right. So you have to be mindful of what you know, what your actually your tax dollars are paying for too. You know, you have these resources available to you, but if you don't know where they are, uh, what they entail, and then like for example, the OU clinic, 
that's that's a specialist. That's, they have mostly specialized medicine there. But if you didn't know that, you would go there with the expectation, well, maybe I can get in to see someone. Mm-hmm. And then you have to deal with some of the gatekeepers that don't come from your community. Exactly. And they talk to you some kind of way. That'll put you in mind. Say, well, look, I don't need all of y'all, you know. So mm-hmm. all of that plays. Oh, my God, people don't understand that. People do not understand your gatekeepers. If your gatekeepers gatekeepers are, kind of stop progress of a lot of stuff. Wait. You know, they really do. Right, right. You know, you, you're just calling to find out. Oh, we don't do that, ma'am. Well, who? Oh, I don't know. Well, just real quick. Oh yeah, and we're and bad at that it. too. Dismiss it. So in the health industry, we we can we kind of rough. Yeah. You know, yeah. I yeah. ran into a few right. African American females, kind of rough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and that will that because will you're in the health industry, right? Yes, I mm-hmm. am, and, and you've I, seen it. I see it. I've witnessed it. Why do you think it is control and power? You is that what it is? Control and power. You feel as though your job is that, and you got to you have to regulate everything and everybody that comes your way. So it's is that what it is? To me, that's what I saw. Just control. You just the receptionist, okay? <laughs> you don't have to be that way. But yeah, it's 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 health disparities go beyond access. Even when you do have health, like you do have a health care provider, and you have someone that's not listening to you, that can be detrimental, just as detrimental to your health as not even having health care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I hate? Here's the part. Here's the part that bothers me. Is when I go to the doctor and they put you in that room mm-hmm. and then you sit in that room for and 15, sit in that room minutes. 15 to 30 minutes Maybe waiting for the doctor. Yeah, for, it can be 45. One time I was in there for 45 minutes uh-huh. yeah. waiting for the doctor. Right. Looking at the wall. Yeah. And it's looking. Okay. That's what I don't like to wait. Taking a handful of tongue depressors and Q-tips. Why you gotta wait so long? Right, right. Why do you think? Why do you think that happens like that? No, that happens. They're overbooking like cattle or something. Well, some if if your doctor is working for like a managed program, like he's a, he's attached to some other program with the hospital, right? Say Warren Clinic. They have to see a certain number of people. Okay, so they may book three or four people in that hour time frame, okay? The most I've seen is like six people, meaning you get 10 minutes with each person, but you will have to set that room up and get that person ready. Now, if that doctor goes over 10 minutes because he had to talk to somebody a little longer, that pushes the whole schedule back and off. That's why you may see a 15-minute you know, window. window, right? So you go in, the doctor has to go in, see you, get all of his notes together, try to get all of that. Normally it's quite two people, two people, but I've seen as many as six to four people being pushed through. That's why you have, and then, you know, you get in there, you, you want to talk about, you have your, you have your infected toe, and then you have a lump underneath your arm, and he sees something else, so which one is he going to focus on? He's not going to focus mm-hmm. on both of them, you know, I'm going to just focus right. on the limp. I'm going to focus on the lump in your, underneath your arm. You put some whatever on your toe. And we'll so they have to, even in that space, they have to be what is it they're going to focus on, okay? Mm-hmm. You may have a doctor that like, don't care. 
I'm going to take care of you and everything that you got going on with you, I'm going to dress. That's a good doctor. He's going to take yeah, his time. Yeah, a good doctor. He's going to take his time and with that you. That means you're going to be sitting there Not waiting. Not rush you through just like some cattle. That means you're going to be there waiting. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you yeah, have that's some. That's the only part. I ain't even been yeah. waiting. I tell my doctor, I say, man, hey, you had me up in here for a long time. Bobby, I'm trying to get to you, but, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. They're trying right. to make that money, too. Right. Right. Get as many right. patients as they, they can get. They can get. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So they get paid. And plus, they get paid for referrals and stuff, refer them to specialists and all of that kind of stuff. And, well, I don't you know. know that process. I just know what they do in the clinic. And mm-hmm. I've just been like, wow, wow, wow. It you, is what it is. You huh? got to be careful who you give your body to, period. That's true. How, how they're how are they going to take care of you the way you want to be taken care of? So you get what you you get what you sign up for. Mm-hmm. Look, wow. Well, let's take another little break. Okay, you know, okay. a couple of minutes. You know, before we get ready to sign off. You on the Bobby Eaton Show, where we tell our stories our way. Thank you. 
Cutie pies out there. You're on the Bob Eaton Show where we tell our stories our way, and that's the way we do it right here. You can dial the number 918-856-3873. We haven't heard from too many people. Maybe one guy called in or something like that. Me and Sherry Lasky here, we've been talking about uh, fresh vegetables, and we've been talking about shootings. and It's open mic. <laughs> open mic right here. We're here every Monday night. 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. So you can tune in and become a part of this mission. And we are growing, growing, growing. I'm just so excited. Me and Ramal Brown, the hometown heat, we were talking about it today, how the station is growing and how people are stopping by with ideas and wanting to help us do some things. And we encourage you, if you want to help, we're located at 1533. North Norfolk here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, we got the love jug in here. You know, you can donate or you can cash up us at Eaton Media Services. Again, it's E-A-T-O-N Services, Media Services, you know, and we got uh, GoFundMe and a PayPal and we got all that stuff. You know, we got the Juice Radio Show, and that's what we funded for, Juice Radio Show, young people from various different youth platforms, uh, schools, colleges, and things like that. They come in here every Thursday night, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, and uh, they do radio their way. That's the Juice Radio Show. For those those of you who would like to uh, know exactly uh, what we do over here, uh, go to our website. It's KBOB. 899.com that's kbob 899.com and you can read about us you can see what the shows are we got about 17 shows over here they're coming here every week 35 people weekly who come through these doors over here media services so we want you to uh, come and participate and get with us well Sherry, as we're getting towards the end of it, right? Yes, we are. We've had a great show, and uh, we we uh, want to thank you guys for participating and, you know, getting in there and showing up and all that stuff, right? Thank our caller for calling in. Yeah, we had a caller call in, yes, and I was kind of nervous about him, but, you know, I didn't know because I saw that 11111 number. <laughs> okay. I was like, wow, there were no numbers. And usually sometimes when I 
see that type of number uh-huh. is be some kind of clown call or something. Oh, you know? okay. So, but he was it was a decent, was a nice, nice car. He was a nice guy. Hey, we're here every Monday, Wednesday, six p.m., and on Saturdays from twelve to two p.m. Uh, here. And um, Friday night is um, what's Friday night? Funky Friday. Yeah. Sorry about that. Funky <laughs> Friday. I forgot. You know, t- Wednesday night. Kojo, Osamoa Caesar will be here mm-hmm. running for Congress. Congress He's yes. going to be here talking and stuff like that. So you can tune in, tell a family member, tell a friend, and we want you to uh, do what's necessary and, and do, y'all, just do the right thing. You know, that's what you got to do. Till the next time, what you say, Sister Sherry? You going to say goodbye? Goodbye. Okay. Mm-hmm. Take care. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.